Hi, and welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wayne. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing the first blog, <laughs> Flux Blog. <laughs> yes, today we're talking about MP3 blogs and music blogging in general with joining the Third Timers Club, Matthew Perpetua, creator of Flux Blog. Uh, for the sake of this podcast, the first blog. The first blog ever. It's, for the sake of reality, treat. one of the <laughs> leading MP3 blogs, one of the flagships of the blog era, and we're going to be talking about you know, music blogging from the early Bush years until now. And kind of the uh, perspective and long journey through pop music that that brings with it. Celebrating 20, 20 years of Flux Blog. Flux, 20 years of continuously running the same MP3 blog. Hey, Matthew, how's just, it going? Hey, it's Matthew. <laughs> just, just do, yes, just doing the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> and every like 10 years, it's meaningful again yeah. a little bit. So Ain't that ain't that how it goes? Yeah. Like legacy legacies are uh, you know, it's a cruel, cruel mistress. I mean, well people now people like promote like weird years, like, oh, it's the thirty-fifth anniversary. The seventeenth anniversary. I, yeah. I only celebrate anniversaries on primes. Prime anniversaries <laughs> would be pretty funny, yeah. What is Flexblog? Yeah. Did it describe Flexblog? Tagline? And then also like li- like literally what do the posts look yeah. like? What what is an MP3 okay. blog and, and what's what, a blog and what encourages you to like start? We know it's a web blog. Yeah, it's a web blog. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, it's, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the, the 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 site itself is basically uh, I write about one song a day. Usually, it used to be two. You know, sometimes I'll th- throw a twofer out there. I actually did that this week because I was just like, I had some songs I didn't have enough for full posts, but I just had a couple lines so. You know, mm. but I don't. I mean, because it's a thing that I do on my own and always have. I really can just dictate these formal conceits. So it's like if I just want to do something. I mean, that's one of the beauties of it is of doing something entirely on your own. Is that you know, it's it's you can be as formulaic or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I write about songs. I put up the MP3s, which I, I mean, after a certain point, is really just the formality mm-hmm. of the format. Right. Uh, I mean, I but, I, but I, I know I, people still download them because I can see the numbers on them. So there's at least like a hundred, two hundred people who will pick things up. Still maintaining their uh, yeah. I mean, I, iTunes library. I mean, I have I have no idea the age spread of our listenership, but you know, I do want to emphasize that at a certain time this was a crucial part of the literally getting music getting music yeah 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 so like the so i mean the site starts in 2002 but i don't think it really like gains like any kind of popular traction until like some point late in 2003 so like but the i think the mp the mp3 blog era that you're talking about where there's like a whole bunch of them and then you have the hype machine aggregating them Mm -hmm. like that's like Oh four through I think around 2010 is like yeah. glory days, and that combined with like things like Google Reader and people being able to uh, easily just kind of uh, you know just put a bunch of RSS feeds together and basically create a little oh, magazine man. that they yes. read of all these things. Um, and I haven't really changed the format of the site the whole time in, in that kind of basic sense. But I mean, I have like added other elements, like the uh, like like I think probably most popularly is like the the playlist element, mm-hmm. and you know then there's other other little projects, and like now they all kind of come out together in one newsletter, so people can experience it that way. So like I mean, I I do try to like make it 
meet people a bit where they are. I think for a long time I simply wasn't. I think especially <laughs> when I was because I, I I for a number of years I was working at BuzzFeed, and you know I just I don't know it was a good, I, I I never stopped doing the thing, but I think there's periods of time where I like. I, I was like, yeah, fine. If you want it, you know where to find it. And I'm still <laughs> doing it, but it's for me. But I think in the maybe in the past three or four years, I've cared more about trying to get people, and it's it's frustrating because it's like there's like, you know, there's no money behind it, so there's nothing. You know, it's all completely DIY. Do you have any Google AdSense uh, uh, display uh, no. squares? Wow. No. Totally, uh, the the you know Fugazi guys. Would be and, proud. Like any money that comes in, like in the recent past, there's like a Patreon, and then like people can donate things with the Ko-Fi, coffee. Yeah, yeah. K-O-F-I. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I like saying Ko-Fi. Look, um, <laughs> Lo-Fi. Yeah, um, it's felt the same. But yeah, yeah, Ko-Fi. but like <laughs> it's yeah. I, I never really had ads. I think I, I tr- experimented a little bit. It was just weird and like. Mm-hmm. Um, like a banner ad is this an experiment um, <laughs> and yeah this didn't really take and then uh i don't know i think about like if this had been more recent like the ways it could have been monetized these things exist for people now like this thing like patreon exists for people. if i had a patreon mm-hmm. in like 2005 i probably could have made a good amount of money um, but i also was always kind of wary because the site is built around piracy yeah. right uh I, I was always wary of making money directly via the site because it would be very easy for anyone to say like i was profiting off their works mm. have yeah. you had any pushback from people of you know having the songs be downloadable and free very rarely there's a couple times in there's a few times through like i think especially through like the first decade or so where i would get like a cease and desist mm. and those were almost entirely for things that just hadn't come out yet mm. ah, I see. And, and after there's a certain point i don't i don't know where i decided like okay from now on like i'm just I'm not posting stuff that's not actually out. You're uh, not leaking leaking things. Yeah. That that oh, is God, the hallmark. Well, I, mean, of the, I mean, God, they, like, imagine not even leaking. I mean, but God, I mean, how much of like the aughts is like people being excited about leaks? Yes. Oh my God, that was like that drove so much. Yeah, unfinished culture. Version. And honestly, for a long time, especially since I was basically an adolescent, I didn't understand the magnitude from the like music biz end of like how crazy it is that for example like a demo cd like somehow ends up in some the wrong hands in like lithuania yeah and then the next day everyone hears it like that's so i was just like yeah of course it leaks uh no big deal it happens happens all the time I'm like that must have been so nuts for people from the music industry side well, things just, almost never leak now well, yeah, yeah right yeah well, they I finally mean, figured I mean, it out i mean just to go back to that i and i eventually will get to the music but just the way that the internet's changed, like when you started this, like the idea of monetizing a, a project like this is probably very far from your thought. And now I feel like any kind of online curatorial mm. or editorial project or just like I'm going to do something creative online, like it basically is thought started first money first. with the idea yeah. of how what will be my monetization monetization stream? How am I going to turn this into revenue? Like what what is the way that I'm going yeah. to like be making money off of this rather than just like. Hey, I'm I'm just putting a project together online, and you know, if people find it and like it, that's that is the benefit. Yeah, I mean, certainly, like the late '90s, early aughts, like people had no expectation of anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Things were just done for fun. Um, I mean, you would have like things like Pitchfork that became a business, mm-hmm. but in 
but yeah, I think for the most part, people weren't really trying to monetize things. And also, like, metrics weren't that visible. Oh, and yeah. Which were easily ignored. Like, I was thinking about, like, the like our friends, the the, the, the anti-art guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they start on Instagram, and so they, they have an extremely... S- it's really direct idea of who's engaging and yes. how, and I'm just grateful that I've never had to think about things like that. Yeah. Totally, yeah. I feel like that could because be distracting. that's crazy making. It, would, it also like something that could be completely demoralize you. Yeah. Yep. So, it's spring, 2002. Uh, 9/11, just six months in the rearview mirror. What is the music landscape as you're starting this thing? What what are like you listening to? What are you what is what are you looking at? What is hot? How, and, and how are how you, finding, are you new music? finding new music? Yeah. Oh, Soul Seek would probably be the main thing. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Soul Seek's still very useful. Um Soul Seek still exists. Oh yeah. Oh shit. It's actually hot better. Tip. It's actually better than ever. Good for them. Um, hot tip to listeners looking to find music. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can find virtually anything there and like almost immediately upon it being released. Hell yeah. Uh I mean, I'm sure the people of don't really want me to tell people that, <laughs> but you know, it's true. It, it's it's there. It's, it, it is not like that much of a secret. Is but I think most people don't realize that it's still going. But I think that's. I feel like it's a a lot of things from the aughts. Like, oh, does mm-hmm. that still exist? Like, yeah, yeah. A lot of people just don't like, stop doing Nap- things because you stop paying Nap- attention. Napster is still, still around. Yeah, like yeah. Stuff like that. I'm, well, that's kind of doing. That's kind of a corporate property. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, like now Napster sells like cell the, phone minutes the or reason, something. The reason <laughs> I NFTs. was aware that Napster exists is because I think maybe part of the spot of when Spotify drama bubbled up of like Joe Rogan and people wanted to boycott and there were these like graphics going around of like you should definitely boycott. There's other reasons to boycott. Like what other places give way more share of like the money and Napster was on there and I was like what? <laughs> and and they're in there as people who pay like pay artists better than Spotify. Like hilarious. <laughs> uh eventually yeah. comes around so wait yeah what what uh what what is your taste in 2002 i think around that's around the time where like my taste is really moving towards uh pop music because mm. that's kind of right around the point where a lot of the ideas around poptimism was really coming up in the kind of the music communities that i was involved in i think especially uh ilx which is still exists still exists still around i don't know ILX. I, I i love music i i love x is what ilx is the kind of the larger it's kind of like like reddit and then like oh, okay. i love music would be like a subreddit that oh, okay. but yeah I, ilx um in the early aughts um, and like and through the aughts really but like i think especially in that point of time like so many people who are like you know, very well-established music critics now or journalists or, mus- or musicians in a lot of cases. Like John Darnielle was a major poster there. Oh, no. no. Um, like a lot of, there's just a lot of big thinkers there mm. uh, from the UK and America mainly. Uh, but that's really where a lot of these arguments around uh, in favor of pop music, but also kind of like getting very exhausted with, indie music and kind of like the direction it was starting to take after the 90s yeah mm-hmm. um the classic millennial cusp of millennial yes uh crisis that everyone yeah. with a guitar basically found themselves in yes. yeah. yeah well it's not just that i think that there is this kind of uh aesthetic divide that starts happening uh right around 99 mm-hmm. 98 mm-hmm. 99 and there is this kind of like you know and it's you know these things are you know things 
move and they come and go. So, you know, a different aesthetic kind of comes in. So like, you know, you got Connor Obers right. kind of shows up. Things like that. My boy. And like and like that is like so I think like mm. some people might be like, oh, it's exactly the same as payment. Like, oh, no, 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 no. It's diametrically opposed. Yeah, no. That's like totally aesthetically, different. like a million miles away, and like things like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of things that are more like that, where it's like self serious, sad boys with their like awful poetry <laughs> and their oh, baby. Eh, like their crying voices. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I, hate, I, I, I hate crying voice so yeah. much and like the aughts is just full of crying voice. Oh my god, the the yeah. bright the bright is just being like <laughs> Yeah. And then like the but uh, crying voice show. shows up in a lot like of emo, emo stuff, stuff too. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 I I've, I just really hate crying boy voice. That's fair. There's also like the kind of inward turn of music that in, st- in the 90s I feel like indie music and uh, music that tried to have meaning was about things and stuff and society and then post 2000 it's like it's about me, me. and my feelings and my relationships you know what I would actually say that I would phrase it differently I think in the 80s and 90s the artists who would be in this sphere were more interested in abstraction yeah, or abstraction. The, th- the thing yes. that you get over the past twenty years is steadily you just lose more and more, more abstraction. abstraction, and it's about so, a personal right. story. Like all of the and and you know like not that this is inherently bad, but it is obnoxious to me. Like all the current like indie stars, especially like a lot of the sad girl singers, have their songs and their personas so intimately wrapped up like you know you're like phoebe bridgers your mitski although i think a lot of them would be uh, upset to, to have to, to but i think in the popular consciousness yeah. whether they intended or not they're like oh yes all of these songs are about phoebe are about mitski and it, it informs yeah. that like cult of personality i, I, I think well more with them but is Connor the, the, is yeah but, the, they, but the, their music is ascribed this utility that doesn't always even make sense where everything is like you this is music you cry to and have yeah. feelings to mm-hmm. and like that makes sense for phoebe britters but mitski that i always find a little weirder because mitski i think is a much more arty and remote artist yeah yes. like she's much more aloof and like the way she writes about like feelings is much more literary mm-hmm. yes but it, gets me- it just gets memeified, yes. and then that once the meme exists well, it's, it's hard it, to break out of it it's kind of like the 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 ramification of stan culture because everybody has to like be trapped in these little narratives of like all of these songs, all of this art is about a one-to-one relationship between me Me. personally and the artist. And everything is literally, they produce is literally about that. I I think beyond that, like this, like something something that really got drilled in my head at Buzzfeed is Mm. the idea of like the cultural cartography stuff where like that, which basically just comes down to like all the things, all this media, all these things, they have utility Mm -hmm. and like people and things will be more successful with the more utility they have, especially in a world full of social media where you use things to express things. So like, uh, I think TikTok is the most powerful and obvious example of this where music in TikTok is a tool to express something else. Yes. So the songs that do well in TikTok have like some specific utility and sometimes that utility is incredibly ironic. Like the song just becomes a joke. Like like a, a song in TikTok serves the same function as an emoji. Yeah, yeah, know. pretty much. Yeah, the one of the more recent examples of this is the newer Harry Styles single, as it was, which has a chorus that just repeats like nothing, nothing is the same as it was, as it was, as it was. Yeah, 
and people use it to show pictures of themselves now versus in the past. Yeah. And they'll yeah. do like, this is me in 2022. Classic, classic but internet. But this is me uh, in 2018. This is me. Like, I didn't look as gay as I do yes. now. Or like, I didn't look my at, I'm a longer. different gender yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I didn't know how to do my makeup and now <laughs> I do. I think the trick now for, for people who really want to have songs that resonate in that way is you have to kind of like, have your songs be open to that, but you don't want to seem sweaty. Mm -hmm. Like you're yeah. trying to have, I feel like trying to create the utility doesn't work. Um, I think you kind of see that with what's happening with Lizzo now is she's kind of like trying to make come back after being away for a couple years and like trying to hold on to the stardom. Um, mm -hmm. But like, you know, look, her first few songs were incredible. I mean, I, I have a post that I wrote like about that concept of, uh, cultural cartography and I wrote about Lizzo because she mm -hmm. was such a perfect example of someone whose songs had incredible utility uh, these songs that you could use to express like this thing uh, of baby uh, how are you feeling goo as hell <laughs> I got my bones out I've got no bones I'm made of gel, I'm made of gel. baby, baby how, how you feeling, feeling? I'm feeling goo, goo as hell, hell. <laughs> classic classic uh, yeah. Molly tweet <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah but, but I think like she's got like these lines that are on the like that most recent single where it's like okay i see what you're trying to do you're trying to get a new catchphrase going or trying yeah. to get it, but it's not taking because i yeah. feel like it just feels sweaty it, re it reminds me i feel like before that like you would see the sweatiness of like i remember like J justin when justin timber like did sexy back mm -hmm. was another example of that it just like i'm like you are trying to like commodify this in the specific way that feels like just corny enough but like you're set you're selling it we yes. bought it yeah sexy back worked yeah, yeah. it worked yeah. it was it was a successful but then, but then i feel like thing. then like like when he tried to do a similar thing with suit and tie it didn't work as well it didn't work <laughs> he was like i'm a, I'm on my suit and tie shit and everyone was like i don't feel like dressing that way for the yes. club oh i mean i i remember writing about this like years ago when that record came out but like suit and tie happened to come out just after thrift shop the macklemore song was a gigantic hit and it yes. was like oh no you're 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 getting people you're giving suit and tie for a thrift shop but, world yes, yes. The, the culture is at thrift shop we're, and you're we're trying thrifting to sell now tie. baby we're we're uh, making it rain <laughs> at the local goodwill but talking about uh, speaking about sexy back let's go back to that era to go oh, to yeah, the original question yeah that's 2005 so you're talking about i mean yeah. we, we kind of got on a, a tangent which is great about the that turn that's that you're talking about that's and blocking, all right so, like, so like in 2000 wait, 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 and you were talking about like you were starting to tour, turn towards optimism uh, which indeed. is maybe a term that we should define because yeah. i feel like yeah. it's very related right to the so Flux i mean legacy i mean I, I think probably one of the things is like 2002 i would be like very excited about kylie minogue at that point oh that album was swagged the yeah fuck out. <laughs> uh, God, you know, i would incur i would highly encourage everyone listening to pick up is it just self-titled um no no that's the one with love at first sight yeah. is fever and the one after that uh i think it's oh three that one is body language okay those two a fe rule. fever is is the one yeah. i'm thinking of god so there's some amazing songs on body language. Uh, like the song called Sweet Music that I've always really loved. Any, that's one of those songs where it's a song about how fun it is to make music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God, God uh, forbid. Right, but yeah, that's a, I think things you kind of feel like a shift happening. Mm -hmm. Like Beyonce is about to really blow up. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very 
it's funny like one of the things uh i was i was very into beyonce and i remember writing a post around like 2006 just frustrated with people not taking beyonce seriously as an artist <laughs> there was and a like, time when people didn't yeah it's like you wow man I, I i just feel like i can show the people like see i was there way before most people. well there's a famous new york times uh piece of criticism that said like it was back-to-back reviewing ashanti's uh, album uh, not her first i don't think and Beyonce's first solo album, and they said Beyonce's great, but she's no Ashanti. Yeah, and people point at that now as a like you're you're big wrong man, but it that was yeah, just the sentiment. I, I, she had to, I think it, was, it was so crazy. I think it was Jean Perella's. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. The the fact that Beyonce had to like basically almost start over in a way that like all the Destiny Child bona fides like weren't good enough, and I was yeah. like, have you been yeah. paying attention? Like, what the hell? What the I fuck, mean, man? When I wrote that, I was writing about B Day. And yeah. that record is just a real interesting concept record, and it's just really strong in that way. I'm like, I think, I, like, I don't love Lemonade the way other people do, and I think partly because, like, I was sort of like, she already made this record. Um, <laughs> like, this is like B Day 2. And, every, <laughs> and, and when people talk about Lemonade, they would just act like B Day never happened. Mm. It's like, no, Jay Z has, has not changed. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, was Ring the Alarm on? Ring the, yes, Ring the Alarm. Uh, that one, like the heavy rumor that was, that's like about Jay Z cheating with Rihanna. Yeah. Then that was B- Beyonce acting. You, you, uh, you acting will know that Beyonce and Rihanna have never once done a thing together and ever. They, yeah. And they, and they shan't. Um, you see, it's funny because, you know, I was, I would have been, you know, sophomore in high school in 2002. And I was working hard to indoctr- indoctrinate myself into uh, indie music orthodoxy as I could understand it in, you know, suburban ohio which was basically doing what kelsey and nathan truman told me former guest of the show nathan truman truman and uh reading pitchfork and so that at that moment if if that is my like ham-fisted way of like learning about music this stuff that you're talking about is very uncool and it is in fact for you know as i'm trying to become cool or get into cool music i'm like actively rejecting this yeah. is what the cool were doing though, yeah yeah Chris. <laughs> i know but that's the thing is that, is that when you're not Chris act- thought he was being cool yeah, yeah when you're not i'm saying when you're not actually cool but just trying to learn about it you 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 see the the rejection but the as always the actual cool is one step beyond yeah. looking into the the other direction does actually this, does this mean we should all start getting into like addison ray's um musical career that there's I'm some like, blogger out there who's like she's actually a serious t- artist tiktok music is actually yeah. very yeah, yeah. very good and that we should take it seriously we're gonna be eat- look we're, we're gonna be eating crow on episode 600 of and introducing i look forward to it i think all these things kind of become surprising uh I feel like I, I have a pretty good record for kind of being able to look at stuff and be like, okay, that's going to be a thing. Yeah. That's, you know, this is really good. It probably won't become popular. And then there's other <laughs> things where I can usually tell like, oh, this is, this is not going to last. Well, okay. So, and that's one of the things that, you know, I want to talk about in terms of this whole show and Flexbox in a general, in a general capacity is that, you know, you've spent 20 years looking at the canvas of pop music every day. So I feel like, one of the things I really trust you with is like your your long term view of of how things are going to play out. Just because you, you have know, yeah, and then, and then also having done like all of the research stuff for like the like the playlist yeah. projects. So I'll yeah. give you an example of one that I I feel like you've intimated to me uh, a few times, and I don't know to the extent of it, but you would short you would go short on Billie Eilish. Yeah, I I I don't I don't. 
I'm actually starting to reverse that because I feel like what I thought was going to happen isn't totally what's happening with mm. her. So I, I think that she probably actually will have a longer career than I thought because my, all, I mean, every sign before the second record came out was, okay, this is going to be kind of like Sinead O'Connor. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Uh or I think even like Fiona Apple to some in a different way, yeah. Um, where the th- it was like so like suffocatingly huge and it got all the attention and like, uh, but everyone immediately started copying but, but, her. As but well. yeah, but the artist is like sort of like disagreeable to the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also I think the other thing I had in mind with Billy, and I think this is probably still true to some extent, is that when you have a large audience of teenagers, mm-hmm. teenagers are notoriously fickle, fickle. And once they feel like they've aged past something, it takes a long time for them to come back to, around to liking it again mm-hmm. or, yeah. or, or being sure. able to fully endorse it again. In the same way that you're talking about being in high school and, re- you know, rejecting pot, like... I mean, this is me with, like, Lil John of being, like, so... Like, a, a body rejecting a poison. Like, I was so constitutionally un unpalatable to stuff just, like the party rap of the f- f- first or even Bush the idea of being so obsessed with something when you're 16 and then you're 17 and you don't want anything to do yes, with exactly. who you are I, I, I think it's a really particular to like teenage angst stuff so yeah. like artists who I would be like oh this is a really good example of it would be like The Cure uh, mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails The Smashing Pumpkins My Chemical Romance they, all of those bands had like the same arc where they had like this phase where a lot of the audience kind of wanted to keep a distance but then they aged a point where like okay no this still Actually, goes it, this it, still it, hits it, me this still means something to it's me it's like you have to have your 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 19 to 28 like dark period and then you're like no wait actually all that stuff that i liked when i was a teenager still rocks i mean honestly yeah. is this not happening a little bit with the emo revival oh absolutely like, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's getting back great. in touch with uh i mean i i definitely there was a time where i i would like, say i almost completely disavowed i was like i was aware that that was a thing that was i was cringe. into but i'm like yeah doesn't mean right. that it was right good. so there's the cringe element but also like we must put away childish things yeah. like, I'm an adult. like now now i'm an adult and i like this other i'm gonna listen to like jesse Ware or something <laughs> yeah. instead i'm gonna listen to some like lat like smooth smooth r&b yeah yeah and like, I feel like I, that, now that, now i'm really into can <laughs> yeah. no right, time like for the, some 41 anymore <laughs> that, that, that's always the kind of the fire that, that an act that appeals to young people mm-hmm. will deal with i mean you gotta look at things like a lot of like the uh pop idol kind of people too mm, yeah. uh, although i don't think that happens as much now because like the the stan complex keeps people on board with things interminably so like yeah like there has not been any like people stepping away from their fandom for like one direction and mm-hmm. those guys yeah. you know uh, Was so that I, I, not- I think i feel like they're like the like the mechanics of fandom around pop music with stands and stuff like that is just it's it's still too new for us to fully understand. Oh yeah. Well, is that not one of the legacies of the the kind of optimism? I don't. I hate to call it like a movement. I mean, it's like no. I mean, I mean, but, but I mean, the, like, the, the thing that like I had anything to do with is just like critical stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. and, it, and but, it kind of like bled into like how things would be covered in magazines. Because I think that there's like a distinct difference if you think about 2002 when you guys started or when you started. Like how people in pop culture treated something like In Sync or Backstreet Boys compared to one direction or bts now where it's like i i'm i'm sorry there's like more c- pop cultural permission to be like seriously into it it's well, not well there's a few different things around that right yeah. so like when in the aughts uh like 
there's like work that I got like once I was like like writing professionally like more towards the late aughts that I got because I was one of the few people who'd be willing to write about like pop star mm. things like that mm-hmm. and now that's all anyone wants to do yes. yeah but it's not really so much that too but it's like because music publications have to can only really get attention from social media everything has to kind of scale on that way so content has to move towards everything being about popular things and less popular things not as much uh, and like it's it's not like with the like magazines where magazines could ha- put a popular person on the cover and the, most of the magazine could be about whatever. Yeah, I mean, so that would be one of the huge changes that you would see over the era that you've been blogging is like the ability to run niche sites based on granular interests that could compete, like not on the same scale, but at least in the same ecosystem uh, as things that covered you know huge popular things. And now, as you're saying. And I, I totally agree that now that everything exists, as we've all been saying for a long time, like there are only like three sites on the internet and everything has to compete for the same attention real estate on whether it's, you know, yeah. Twitter mm-hmm. or, or uh, Reddit or Facebook or whatever. It's like, you know, you, you literally just cannot compete with a post about, you know, wh- whatever the Viagra Drake, boys, Taylor Swift. Uh, Viagra boys yeah. versus yeah. Drake or whatever. Yeah. Or, and now because it all is in the you same don't have fucking to post feed. when 50 other people, just like regular people will just post. I like this. Yeah. Like that's that. And that serves, you yeah. know, maybe the same purpose. But, but going back a bit in the conversation, like the, be my interest in things that were more pop or more dance. That was things like that. Uh, you know, coming out of like a like teen years and college years, which were really much more focused on like indie rock and like mm-hmm. art rock stuff. Um, the thing I started re- noticing and realizing, the thing that really drove Flux Blog through, through the, especially the first like four or five years, was realizing, oh my God, there's this whole underground of pop music that exists yeah. in the yes. world. And so, I mean, and okay, it's kind of like it's like there's kind of like two fronts. Like one is all the pop music from the UK and Europe that's, that that was pretty good that mm-hmm. just simply did not exist in the United States. Yeah, and then the other stuff that was just like like random like people mostly still mostly in Europe uh like you know like a good example is like a, like this stumbling into the knife oh yeah uh I like, no be, be, caref- be careful i got stabbed uh in the dark. no like the <laughs> knife, the, the, knife, like, I, like the, that, that song heartbeats by the knife oh which the knife oh saying stumbling into the the knife it was a whole a name no, of a whole no, thing no, uh, no but, of course you know, the knife heartbeats, but like yes. but that, you know this huge classic song now but yeah. like i am absolutely the first person in north america to write about it and probably there's a there's a bunch of little things like that where like i would like i the clock clock was kind of the place to find things like that of this digging around finding kind of this international pop underground like annie like I, I was writing about like <laughs> robin all, before goes. anyone cared about i guess well that's, i cool, cared about robin well, well, right, cause robin had like the hits a couple hits in the, in the late 90s yeah. but there's that, that wilderness phase but like before yeah. like she becomes what we know her to Did be the now dancing on my own so like the yeah, other like, her, her, her singles in like oh four oh five oh six yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah, so, I, I mean, God I was bless that chick that. for rejecting the the pop. Uh, Mia, Scissor Sisters, things like that. Those, those are all like like really big early Fox blog things. It's, yeah. it's, and also also just being like heavy into DFA, writing yes. about LCD, oh, yeah. like really early on. 
I mean, you, you've claimed to me, again, this isn't to make, this is Matthew Gloating time. You claimed to me that you were probably the first person to post or pump up, yeah, the, uh, the, oh, yeah, that, that, that was the, the, the amazing, uh, 10 minute long no, I, 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 song. I, I, know, I know, like, the, like, the site started getting attraction because of that song. Because I did a post, like, that was, uh, it was two songs. It was, it was that. And the Walkman song "New Year's Eve," great song, like both of which were leaked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and that, I was going to say, how, do I, if you remember how you found uh, uh, early LCD, like uh, I think I, I may have just pulled yeah off Soul Seekers. Mm-hmm. Like I think I may have found it that way, or I can't remember. I can't remember exactly how I got some of these things. But uh, and also, I mean, the, the DFA people were aware of me, and like mm-hmm. they would start giving me things at a point. But mm-hmm. it was like. Like uh, Jonathan Galkin, shout out to Jonathan, who yeah. now has his own label after years of weird <laughs> situations with uh, James Murphy. Did Do you feel like living in New York was crucial for you being a music blogger? Uh, mm, or could you? Well, have I mean, well the first anywhere? like year or so was like I was at home in Cold Spring where I grew mm. up. So like I was like, I mean, I'm like not far from New York City, but like I wasn't in it. So like I mean, part of doing it in the first place was because of that kind of exile. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I wasn't near anybody. I was I had nothing going on. So this was kind of a way of kind of keeping sane and giving shape to my day and having a schedule. Classic, cla- classic uh, posting utility <laughs> yes. is like let's not go, let's Wait, not go completely nuts. I, I want to go back to the indie pop thing because it it does seem like there's a lane there that now exists that I'm not sure was such, such a defined lane. And like maybe, oh yeah, maybe na- like now it's a whole thing. Cause the person that I'm thinking about now that has a defined lane and can exist there. Somebody I've seen twice in the last year, Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh yeah. Who has her fans, but is definitely an indie pop star. Yeah. You know? And, and the, like, I'm, I don't think that there was a, a, enough of a world for something like that to exist in, in the early two thousands with, and maybe it wouldn't exist. I think Charlie XCX is like, yeah, Charlie XCX is another good one. I think Rina Sawayama is a person who is a, yeah, I mean, it's a whole lane. It's like, there's, we could just list people like this all day. The pop star who, the person who, their art is pop star, but they are on like the fourth line of a festival building. Right. You know? so it's not, but it's not just about like popularity. There is something that's kind of like no, alternative the about them. Or yeah. Because yeah. Charlie XCX is on a major label, I believe. Right. And like Charlie X has been trying to be mainstream the whole time. Yeah. And it just will never take. Love, because love she's, that for Because her. anything that's a, not cool about her is that she's kind of weird. She's yeah. kind of abrasive. Uh, like, oh, I think like fundamentally her sense of what pop music is, is too English. Mm. Mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> i guess not it's she there's almost nothing american about her music mm. that's that's something to chew on yeah like like, it, like think about it like is can you name one charlie xcx song that has any trace of r&b in it no she, she is very electro like euro electro yeah she's yeah. kind of in the in the way of uh, when we talk about the song machine the, the song yes, exactly i mean her br- big like breakthrough single was with a swedish band yeah. Yeah. i mean charlie xcx like all the stuff i was just talking about like that stuff uh all all the the big euro pop stuff that's that's her what she grew up on yeah, that's yeah. what mm-hmm. she's trying to do and being like the arty version of it the basically. trance synths and all that stuff yeah yeah but like you know girls aloud would be meaningful to her <laughs> you know like allowed. xenomania productions the, things like that the british uh pop 
names are always like my my favorite uh, band. I don't even think, think I've listened to a single song of them, but Boyzone. <laughs> oh my God! There was a, a, which apparently is a pun. So one of our listeners told us it's like a pun on boys own. Oh, boys own. There was oh, oh my God! Someone showed me the other day this amazing quote. Uh, someone interviewing Beck around like ninety nine or so, and he was. Being like, oh man, like I kind of like Boyzone. He, he 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 messed up the name. I can't remember. But he's like, <laughs> but like, but the interviewer was like not having it, and like, and Beck was like, oh, are we? Are they not juicy enough? Like, yeah, but like, yeah, but him describing. Is Are their butts not juicy? Like, oh or something. Like, but yeah, I, I wish I could remember exactly this because oh, it, it's no. way funnier than I'm actually getting oh, it out man. of my head. It sounds like a very but, like, good. Beck-ism. But yeah, but like Beck just like weirdly lusting for boy zone. <laughs> <laughs> Are they not juicy enough? Classic. Oh, man. But yeah, that's what we want our boys to be juicy. We do. We do. We do. I would argue. I'm, well, actually, well, maybe, no. I was about to say, say something about BTS. I'm like, I w- honestly don't even want to put anything other than glowing praise of them on the record. Well, I feel like someone will that's uh, swat our house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no. Yeah, I like BTS. Oh yeah, they're great. Love those boys. Love uh, those seven boys. I like the idea of them. I, they're, I mean, <laughs> I I like a lot of K-pop stuff, but like, I tend not to like. I mean, this is kind of a my whole life like i i don't really over like the boy groups too much there's something about the music that boy groups do that doesn't appeal to me yeah like i, I didn't really like in sync or any of those like one direction i think is weird because one direction is often basically just a, a brit pop band like that, a just pop has, rock that just band. has five singers yeah like a lot of their songs are kind of like you know like like, like verve oasis kind of songs yeah. but like kind of through this like pop machine uh yeah they're, they're such a weird thing to exist to have existed i want to talk about now that the just to do a slight transition about something you know that we were talking about a little bit before we started recording again and when we're taking the long-term look at pop music is the idea that that in the micro or at any given moment everybody's it kind of always has the feeling of everything ending or every or everything being the the apocalypse or the end or the death of yeah, something or this, this is it's worse now than it's ever been or yeah, uh, you know it's never going to get better than than it was two years ago or yeah, something everything like that. is getting progressively worse that's how, I, yeah in life in life i tend not to have that mindset wait i'm gonna a, a, apocalyptic apocalyptic thinking apocalyptic Apocalyptic. No, I did. I got it. You got apocalyptic thinking. Apocalyptic thinking. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, just having tons of old magazines going back to like the seventies. Like every, it's it's over and over and over again. Yes. People are it's always a like constant. State. Like the industry is collapsing. Yeah. No one likes this anymore. It's always, ugh, and it's always based on the flimsiest, the flimsiest assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I just want to get your. What you what would you say to to the person who who is kind of in the the chicken with their head cut off running around thing of being like it this like we are in the end? I think the thing maybe here that's just specific to this is like music media, right? Yes, like, like there's like fewer places that people can write, or also you could say like rock music being over. I mean, these are different conversations, yeah. But you know, like these like, kinds of things. I mean, the rock music being over is is so hard. It's such a hard argument to make because like there's so many things to prove otherwise now yeah Yeah. i think that i think there have been like periods where you could do that but i also have like magazine 
I, I have an issue of Rolling Stone that I got fairly recently from 1990 or 1989 and they're making predictions about the 90s mm-hmm. and they're like oh rock music rock music's dead it's over yeah. like the 90s is arguably like the <laughs> best rock like the, I would say like the 70s and 90s are the two real glory days of, of rock music but okay um, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but, but people are always doing this and it's always like right before and, and people usually make these predictions when the like their team whatever that is like it's not winning like the also when people talk about like rock music being over or not popular like they're always talking about the specific kind of rock music that i like is not popular anymore yeah this other rock music is like fake it's phony whatever right but it's like people's i i think especially like people now like they'll talk about like rock music and like oh so you just think like rock music this thing that is pretty huge and encompasses all yeah. kinds of music, including soft rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you just think all of it has to sound like Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones. Right. Like, those are the two bands that like, that's rock music and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just absurd. Um, and especially, you know, what I, they, I mean, uh, I mean, I trot this out all the time, but mm-hmm. it's like one of the thing, one of the reasons people have a hard time comprehending rock music in this particular way is because it is so, balkanized into these subgenres, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and we don't really do this quite as intensely with black music yes so the same things that have happened with rock music have happened with r&b and rap but we still see rap as this sort of monolithic thing yes mm-hmm. we still see r&b this whole history of r&b like of like 60 something years of drastically different sounds over time but we all this except oh, that's r&b like you might yeah. look prefer some kind but with rock music you know people hear imagine dragons mm-hmm. and be like that's i don't know what that is that's a rock music <laughs> but like, yeah, it's basically a rock band maybe they kind of suck but like you know but but the, yeah you didn't say what but, but you're not but it's bad. not like but 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 because it doesn't sound like some other band that people might Rumble have more on. cred or might be a little more angry or like i don't know or, or might do genre genre conventions more um I mean, I guess maybe with rap, you do kind of get that now with, you know, people be like, oh, oh, Ghana, like I can't even really rap, you know, or whatever, like people like that. And like, 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 I think rap is actually at a very interesting phase now where you can have like basically the equivalent of classic rap. Mm -hmm. And there's there's all these different kinds of flavors of rap that now coexist. These like people, you know, kind of continuing eras past like a, you know, mainstream relevance but like you know just the way rock music has and all these other things yeah like to me like a the, the idea that genre is something that has to like has a sell-by date is so it's such a commercial mentality mm-hmm. like genre is really just like a thing that people can work within and it's perfectly fine for people to work within musical traditions and to insist that people not work in musical traditions is so absurd yeah it, it really speaks to a person like having no experience making a thing in their life mm-hmm. i want to get back to what you were going to start saying before i derailed you on the rock is dead thing about music media but before I want to get in just one quick aside that the best rock band that I've seen recently, probably in the past calendar year is the Doja Cat live band. Oh, I thought you were going to say Viagra boys. Oh yeah. Do- Doja but Cat that, live, this, yeah. this is the perfect thing. Yeah, because it's a rock you, band, thought yeah. I, you thought I was going to say it's Viagra boys band, yeah. who were very good. Uh, we saw them. We were at Coachella, uh, Coachella last weekend. We saw a bunch of great stuff. Uh, but that's but that's a perfect dichotomy. Yeah. It's like you hear me say, "What was the best rock band I've seen recently?" You assume that I'm going to say 
Viagra Viagra Boys. Boys. And even though they're very good and they're popular now and they're like what you would think of a rock band, like five white guys, most of them play guitars. Uh, they were jamming out like blues oriented punk. Yeah. But that Doja Cat band was out of control. Yeah. Did, but wait, just like drum solos, did, guitar solos. Did they just play like, Celebrity Skin at Coachella? No. Oh, she covers Celebrity Skin? Yeah. Oh my God, She's, I would have loved She covered Celebrity Skin for Taco Bell, please. <laughs> yeah. It was for a super, originally for a Taco Bell Super Bowl commercial. I did Lest n- we forget, Doja Cat's bringing back the Mexican pizza. Hi. I made a song about Mexican pizza because I love it so much. I wish that Taco Bell didn't discontinue it a year ago. And uh, this led me to this monstrosity of a beat that I just made. I got beans, I need meat. I need a shell with the sauce and cheese. Give you hell if you cross me, we. About to throw hands if you want to try me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Doja Cat. That, she she announced that at Weekend I, One. She I mean, did not do Celebrity Skin. I would have. Um, I would have. I would have passed away. Yeah. That band was so the band outrageously was good. Yeah. But, but the drummer but to the Doja Cat band is the best live drummer I've seen in in, in yeah. my memory. Yeah. Uh, but last night we saw Girl Talk, and Girl Talk, like part of what makes Girl Talk so good is the way he kind of seamlessly uses rock aesthetics within rap aesthetics and it's yeah. all, like he just, like he see, he 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 hears it truly all as one thing he is. and yes. like he just wants hype yes. i will give you hype energy and like in all the forms that it can take and all the ways that it can combine yes. and that's the genius of him and i think that's kind of what I think a lot of what I would want it's yeah. you just want like the excitement and the energy um and i feel like you know, if you want to like get kind of humor the idea of like, well, why isn't rock music as popular as it used to be? And you really can look at it like, okay, because it's not giving the utility. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Like, there's not enough bands that kind of give like a real wild energy. There's not bands that do party music. Yeah, like there's not bands like I, I've we've talked about this me and Chris like the the band Poison that song uh, mm-hmm. Nothing But a Good Time, <laughs> which is just a song about. Like how, how fun my, it is! Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that work sucks and yes. partying rocks. Yes, which and is like, like the best who, like, theme ever. Who, yeah, but it's like also so relatable. Like no, like there's really not a lot of rock music that's really about you know just being a middle class schlub. Yeah. There's no like there's just all kinds of like concerns and utilities for rock music that people have kind of like largely abandoned. Yes, or if they do it now, they do it in this kind of like. Kind of half-hearted way, just like so. I, I just feel like not a, putting their whole guitaristy. I, I just feel like if there if, if, you, if there were more rock bands that just gave people like really good energy and also were really sexual. Like one of the biggest rock bands now is that Italian band uh, Monoskin, mm-hmm. and they just do like kind of like classic rock stuff the dude looks like a more handsome Barry Farrell uh, <laughs> and all their songs about fucking and like all like they're on stage and they're all like oh let's fuck I'm begging begging you to put your love in the hand out baby you know, like, like they're just horny hot Italians who want to fuck and like it's like yes like but how many rock bands have we had just, in the recent, in the past, like thirty years, that are all about wanting to fuck. It's very few. Not very. Just, many. just like the culture was screaming out for the male, the party male genital humiliation vibe of Jackass Forever. Uh huh. The culture is screaming out for the twisted sister crashing through your dad's uh, wall and and tying him down and saying "fuck you." We're here to party. I mean, I truly believe that there's. I, like, sometimes I wish I was in the music industry I could just like Svengali some things. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah. like this kind of get together like a like a band of just like 
hot boys who do songs that are like about like they're basically just like uh like that poison song or the, yeah or like no, or uh uh, fight for your right to party. Well, we're not yeah. gonna but, like, take new, it. Yeah, like yeah. new modern versions of stuff like that that would just have like a really hard energy, but also like really fun. Yeah, yeah. and it's a little winky. They're like they're, but they're having a. It's winky because they know it's stupid, but they're still having a good time with it. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like like people want to have fun with these things, yeah, and like rock music doesn't really people give people have a lot fun of fun right now in general. Yes, also, and, and but you know, but you know, it, things do give people what they want in the times. Yes. so like i mean we're also talking about this like aughts era like mm. that the, there's that i feel like i was connected more into like that indie sleaze thing because yes. those are like fun songs they're like those are also very horny things yes oh my for god the most part um that's really probably the last like real horny era yeah uh for that's rock why, music that's why people are so interested in it right now yeah. right yeah and but, at, but at the same that's time there's stuff that i really <laughs> was not that into or if I or maybe for like a song or two a piece but like that uh you know that Sufjan uh Decemberist kind of energy the side of right it. Yeah. where it's like a really precious yeah and I think like you know even like your bright eyes things like that they all kind of tie you together feel about camera obscura <laughs> oh I like that song uh Lloyd I'm ready to be heartbroken yeah that's yeah. a beautiful song yeah um yeah they're a little closer to balance of bastard yeah. who I love yeah uh even yeah. arcade fire but they were early arcade fire but they were kind of uh, uh they they were so epic to them that uh, I feel arcade like they fire the that. big energy but yeah, they, they, they went but, hard. They, yeah. but but they they, they had a like definitely like that preciousness like the you know the, especially in design like yeah. but I don't think the, the important parts of them weren't those things whereas like Sufjan Stevens that was the whole the game. whole thing yeah, yeah. yeah. and li- lying about his intentions to sing a 50, 50 uh well sometimes we we say we want to do a thing but then we realize how much work it is <laughs> yeah it was it's a little a little Caroline Calloway you know announce the book and then just never write it it's uh, gonna be really funny if when he's like 70 he's like all right they're all done and just releases 48 <laughs> well, yeah i mean well, that's what i'm gonna say like you know yeah, he didn't he didn't give any a time frame yeah. he's still like a fairly young man he could just knock them out like 15 years from now but yeah. here's the thing like, if he do- how old is he he's probably a little bit old. i think he's probably like, like 44 yeah. or something like that do you think like right now if hopefully i'm not hoping that sufia stevens dies but if he wow. dies soon do you think that <laughs> the 50 states project is going to be referenced in his obituary with a more Full wistful tone of he like never he never got to do it. <laughs> well, he's that's done. that's the risk you but take. At least, at least you won't say. And he was so close. Or yeah, do you not bring up unfinished promises as part of your obituary? Is that yeah. in bad form? You know, he did Michigan and Illinois. Did he do a third one? No, no. I think he said two. Okay, 48, 48 to go. To go. Also, you, is he fucking with Guam or American Samoa? I think you should just like be like kind of speed round it and do like regions like, yeah. like, like new england we'll take it that's yeah like, like for the five states down yeah yeah that's no big deal <laughs> you were gonna start talking about the state of music media oh right yeah, because yeah. like it's, 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 it's ever collapsing yeah but the thing that i would hope that people would get from things like flux blog from and introducing from anti-art from uh todd in the shadows uh, the shadows, and uh, nice. what, what's it the, the needle drop yeah. is that there's lots of ways to make independent media and it's generally better although i don't know if everyone always mm-hmm. feels that way because i like there, there's always these times where i'll just think like man it's it's i i, I do these things i feel like i'll, I'll do stuff that i feel like it's pretty good but they, it just won't mean 
it will this it will just feel like especially to like other writers it just won't have like a credibility because like no one paid me for it like corporation didn't you don't get your me. byline mm. I, I, I didn't get stone. i didn't get like 70 dollars for it <laughs> <laughs> that is what god when you, you put it that way i do i do feel a little better because i i am a, f- a failed rock writer i'm a failed music writer in that you know it was already fucked when i graduated from college in 2012 my first you know summer in new york i wrote a uh, news post for prefix magazine for two dollars a pop uh and i was like i knew i was like it's a it's over f- at least for me for anything a lot, a lot of people have carved out what they what they want to carve out but we are making music media <sighs> yes I, we I, love making music i was media. talking to our friend rob sheffield a while ago about this and you know rob's been in the game since the 80s yeah and you know Rob was like, yeah, it's kind of always the same because mm. there's kind of these booms and busts. There's these periods where there's a lot of jobs and money. Then the, inevitably it collapses. Then there's another thing. Like it kind of every few years, it kind of the cycle is kind of it's, it's like this wheel turning. Uh, and it's kind of always been this way. And people believing otherwise is just not having a sense of the history. Yeah. Um, I think what people think about, they just think about the highs. They don't yeah. think about the lows. They don't. They don't think about the periods where. I think he was saying like the like the early '90s were like really really rough, but then the mid '90s got better. Yeah. Which doesn't even totally make sense. Oh, it, it well it does <laughs> in the sense that the the early '90s and people just tend to forget this now was there's a pretty bad recession. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. uh, so got GW, George H W Bush out of office. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, and I remember that, it, that that's kind of like when I'm like 11 or 12 years old, and I remember it as people like finding out oh my, that my friend's parents lost their jobs yeah and, uh like my my dad managed to hold on to his position uh at this factory he worked at but like he would just kind of there'd just be like you just hear like oh all well, dad's friends got laid off again oh damn yeah but yeah i think like, the ideas of lays <laughs> layoffs is so like i, I was something i was aware of from childhood and boy did i get to experience it a few times <laughs> in my life too. I, this could be I've, I've never really left the job of my own volition so. That's, oh man yeah uh, as, as the I. time of recording this week has been uh stained by a pretty bad uh, ne- netflix layoffs yeah. oh that's not true i got to quit the part time job I had making podcasts for a company that did advice to nonprofits to start Whole producing. Oh, sorry, should I not yes, should I not drop their name? To start producing Chapo. They were fine, but it was <laughs> basically part of a not real job. Yeah. And I got to quit that to but, start doing but again, That's the only time I've quit a job. But getting back to it, like the answer really is like making these things on your own. And I feel like it's a much more vibrant thing. Like there's definitely value to having like these like big magazines. Mm-hmm. Like I think, you know, I, I, I like Rolling Stone. I think Rolling Stone does good work, you know, Pitchfork here and there. I think Pitchfork's been in a rough phase. Yeah. Um, the Condé Nast Condé Nasty. Yeah, Con- I, I, I personally don't think Condé Nast has been very good for that. No. they I think, very I, nasty know, to the Pitchfork writers. <laughs> yeah. I give them a zero point zero. I give them a zero point a zero point I, I, I don't, zero. I don't. There's a lot of. I I, I think the the main thing now is this pitchfork always <laughs> just feels like they're just not really in touch with their audience. Yeah, it's also unclear who their audience is at this point. Yeah. Also, I'm convinced that they actually don't write about any music that is real. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not convinced that any of the bands that get featured yeah. in there exist. You know what I mean? But, but the obvious thing with to this point is like how weird they were about Wet Leg. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's interesting. Because they just really didn't want to touch it, and then they had to review it. They didn't want to touch the. And wet then when leg. they reviewed <laughs> it, touch the leg. Too moist. Touch the. Wet. And then when they reviewed it, it was like they gave it like a seven point four, just like pretty. Everything gets a seven point four. But but the review was just so uh, by Laura Snapes, uh, and it was really just kind of like leading with. Oh, we don't know if we trust this. This thing that kind of came out of nowhere. It's like things come out of nowhere all the time now. Every like, day. Like, but like the problem the pitchfork will have with this as an institution. It's not just pitchfork, but like I think they, it, it's definitely a big part of the culture. There is like, oh, this happened without our permission. Yeah, sure. Like, we, oh, yeah, we, we were not consulted on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. So if it and if it's and it, yeah, so like they just kind of let it go. Um, and it's like, why are we all so excited about this? Why them? Like why why not this other thing that no one would uh, like? I can answer that because they're having fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, well, well, what is wet leg? Wet leg's a, a good fun time band. Rock they talk band. about sex. Yes. Yeah, they, they they their songs also like get into like these interesting emotional places, but the emotional places of an extrovert. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because we all we hear about is in, the introvert, introvert problems now, yeah. but, but hearing about the emotional inner life of a party girls is yes. much more interesting. I've to got me. a case of beer. That we could consume. That we could consume. Yeah, yeah no. Yes. No, no, no disrespect. We, we, we here to, want the big D. No, yes. <laughs> we're fans of the big D. I, please give it to me. No disrespect to the introverts out there. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it's fun. It's yes. fun to hear from the. I, know, I, mean, the I feel like the ladies. introverts had a whole fucking decade. Yes. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all. Introvert. Won. Like everything. It's time to go back into your rooms. Oh my the, god! The extroverts are talking. Yeah, I mean, that, like, and that's like, and that's vibe shift. I mean, I think that's like that's a big part of vibe yeah. shift. Is like, okay, like, can we, can we just have things be like fun? And yes, like, like people wanting to. Connect. I mean, Lord, Lord yeah. knows, uh, in March 2020, we all had to go to our rooms, and some yes, people exactly. don't want to I mean, don't, don't want anyone to come back out again. But that's a, that's I mean, a topic for the, a different the, day. The cap off of the introvert decade being this pandemic, where everybody had to go inside. I mean, you know, not to get too uh pissy about it but you know there there was a big energy in in the culture about had that being good finally finally we're, we're getting yeah. what exactly what we wanted that's right can all be alone. Alone. my netflix and like yeah. all my plans are canceled yeah. and i can just wallow in my my emotions and my my self-pitying and then yeah and when one could come back outside i, I do feel yeah you're correct all, the, all the, my the anxieties are proven correct yes exactly i saw a meme once a while ago that was like the I've like I've never tried heroin, but the closest feeling I can imagine oh, is that's like when John my Mulaney plans thing. Yeah, get canceled. That's a John is that joke. Yeah. well, that's hilarious considering what. Also, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I actually strongly <laughs> does it doubt feel that like snorting some cocaine, John Mulaney? Yeah, yeah, that's right. John's a, John Mulaney is definitely. He's a, he's, a, he's a huge cocaine guy. Yeah, yeah, that's you know fair enough. <laughs> He's a, he's a comedian. I think being a comedian lends itself to being a. Cocaine I mean, being guy. a comedian is cocaine energy in general. You got. I mean, you got to keep. I. Where do you, do you get? The, do you know what a, co- a working stand-up schedule is? Yes. It's so crazy. People do like multiple uh, sets a night uh, up until like two in yeah. the morning. I mean, but, no but even just like on his scale, SNL? Where now, now he's he he tours exclusively arenas, and he's just like yeah yeah. Like, it's it's got to be crazy to be a comedian just playing like fifty arenas in a year. Yeah, that's yeah. bonkers. Like, how does it? I don't. And it's just you. I mean, you don't I have any really, dancers. I really like John Mulaney, but I just couldn't rationalize paying like 70, 80 bucks to see him at Madison Square Garden, which just feels like that's just feels like not conducive to comedy. I've never, I've never seen and, large and certainly not his comedy. comedy. I yeah, it would seem so weird to me to be standing in like the nose, sitting in the nosebleeds 
of MSG watching a little ant on the stage and then just hearing jokes over the PA being like, yeah, this is fun. Well, we have the big screens yeah, you can, like yeah. watch them on screen, but it's like, I, I don't know, man. I can just wait and watch this when it's on Netflix, when it's on Netflix. special. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I'm introverted. I don't know how, what this has to do with MP3 blogging. Okay, another thing you've been talking about. <laughs> so, you know, the first, you're starting out in 2002 and you're, you're, you're tra- kind of splitting the difference. They're not splitting the difference. You know, you're, you're going back... It, weaving in and out of you know kind of this this heady indie era stuff and you know forging your your kind of poptimist like indie pop like you know passion and taste but you've been talking to me lately and posting lately about how you largely remember the music of the first of the bush era like you know 2002 to 2006 or eight or so very negatively yes i think generally speaking i've I've very well i did not like my 20s in general well that'll do it yeah Yeah. (laughs) like my 20s is not very fun for the most part uh i was broke there's just all kinds of things where it's like i feel like my, my life was much better in my 30s to present uh and uh, hopefully, maybe some, maybe someone very young will hear that. And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, please. Oh, oh looking forward to I that purgatory that of a decade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also to think about the music that I like, all all the flux plug music, but then all the stuff that everybody else liked, which I did not like. Um, so you know, the kind of the, the Sufjan Stevens stuff. There's also just there's just a whole bunch of stuff. I feel I just feel like the aughts, especially having done like those like decade playlist projects. I really truly believe that uh, pretty much every year has about as much good music as every other year. Mm-hmm. But there's it kind of depends on like how much of the bad music is and how much how bad it is and how popular the bad music was. And I feel like the aughts really has some of the worst music of all time. You don't like the you fuck with the pussycat dolls? <laughs> uh, not really, but like I mean, I, I I wouldn't even put them necessarily in. Fuck in with the, the a- Ashley Simpson. Can you can you pull? I, 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 I really, would you really hate some pop of the punk worst? stuff. I, so like, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, you, wait, um, not talk. Uh, uh, I'll give you all. You don't like all, you all American rejects. You don't like no. that shit. I mean, a lot of things are just like not on the radar too. So there is this weird revenge that I think a lot of the suburban uh, millennials had on like certainly my generation of critics where it's like all the stuff that we thought was so cool and like the early aughts like all this but nope jokes on you they don't give a fuck about that they yeah. all like yeah. uh like 182 uh, what's the other one like uh, like saves the day yeah. like that, like that yeah. band did not exist to any of us yeah and uh, I, re- I remember reading about like maybe the difference <laughs> between me and my younger youth versus like stan stan culture is um I remember reading criticism of like this stuff that I like, which is like emo and pop punk, and being like, oh, they really don't like that. But I didn't take it personally. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course you wouldn't. You're not. You don't get it. You you're not a teenage it, yeah. girl. And like, I'm not gonna uh, again. Like, I'm not gonna send you hate mail or whatever. Like, yeah. like different strokes, different. Well, folks. I think I think the weirder thing to me is not even so much that it was like hated. It was just like this is. It was like almost like it was beneath contempt. It was just like yeah. you just didn't think about it. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> I, I don't. Need, I, I don't, don't think, think about, about you at all. all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like like brand new. Oh my God. Like, like how it, I, I'm still baffled the house. I went things. to a brand new yeah. concert probably in 2003 because a girl I had a crush on like them. All this fucking Long Island music. Or like even <laughs> here, here's a here's a critical uh, thing that I like didn't realize until after I left that period of like just pe- like I didn't. 
I wasn't introduced to Riot Girl or any kind of like there was a, a period before that that was very fruitful for like rebellious women basically yeah, yeah. and then it all got turned into like a heterosexual like uh, I am like a girl who like is driving this man to suicide. Type. Like that is the theme of every song. And I was like, yeah, this is like cool, right? And then I hear <laughs> afterwards just being like, that's maybe not the best framing. And it turns out a lot of those guys did turn out to be actual sex pests. So yeah, it was not, was not the case of the brand new guy. Brand new, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of think that there are like spiky weirdo high points to balance out the low points of the aughts. I, I, what am I trying to say? That the aughts, yes. When you're talking about how the bad things are yeah. just like so gaudy and loud that it really right, emphasizes I mean, them, and then you move into the teens, and that sine wave of ups and downs kind of just evens out, and everything just gets like the mid. bad I, I think stuff is just, just bland. It's, 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 you know, getting back to the yeah. idea of vibe shift, and I did that playlist like the Obama vibe shift, yes. yeah, yeah, and which is such a real thing. Like coming like with the Bush era into the, and the Obama eras have really different energies, and I think like a lot of my negative feeling about the aughts is to do with how gross everything felt yeah and like like i just think about like the aughts is this kind of era that somehow smells bad yeah also like, yeah all the like everything is kind of <laughs> junky everyone's kind of gross Every, like, everyone is kind of like being an asshole yes uh like asshole i mean God, i mean that's i mean that's the other that's the that's the the other hand with the indie sleeve stuff because like yeah. it's just like a culture of like gross sweat i mean it's God, like sweaty. i mean yeah but also you just think about like there's kind of like this mount rushmore of like sleazy dudes in that era where you have like Dob Charney Do, Joe, uh, Fran Joe Francis Joe Francis uh, uh, what's that guy the, Perez Hilton I would put per in that category oh I, I wouldn't even think of, yeah but yes I, I, yes I think you're right or um, uh, Terry Richardson Terry Richardson uh, the, the, the main vice guy yeah like, but there's all these guys these kind of like weird like sleaze moguls gross guys in charge <laughs> yeah tabloid culture is also so fucked at that time and things were getting reality like magazines are just like overtly sexist yeah. yes Oh, yeah. And you, God, I mean, it's been pointed out. I'm sure Je Jezebel has spilled a lot of ink about it. But just any cover story about a woman in a magazine is like the, her body weight face is going to be commented on like first, like yeah. in, the, in the lead. Uh, and that was just normal. Now, now you really can't remark on a woman's body at all. Oh, it is. I mean, <laughs> unless we're celebrating. Unless you're celebrating yeah. everything about about a body. Yeah, it, it is funny when you're just thinking about the but body. But not in a weird way. It's, yeah. it's always easy to peg these things to the president's. But it is. It does really affect, yeah, it, especially in the states, people's thing. psyche. It's like Obama gets in there in 2008, and you see it in the popular music and everything. In and even like in design, advertising. That's like the very, very beginning of like the kind of the corporate Memphisy like flat style. Stand it's like Paris. okay, everybody, calm down. We're okay. The now. professionals are in charge. Yeah. It's all gonna be good. We're maturing. Like, no, right, but, but also, I think that, the other thing know. about Obama, even more than that, is the idea of like, look at this incredible progress. We have a black president. He's yeah. a cool guy. See, it. good things are happening now. Yeah, like exactly. America, America's on the right track. This is where we're going. Yeah. And then you get into the late, and then obviously the the Trump shift is just is it's very similar to like the the Bush times of like kind of an acute aggressive freak out, and then you merge that straight into the pandemic. And even though he's out of office, I you know. It, I think it's po both highs and lows is that people want to feel a little insane right now in, yeah. in their pop, pop I, but culture. But I think there's a, it's also like the issue of culture war stuff. Yeah, yeah. Where um, I think a lot of the indie sleaze Bush era stuff is a direct response to a lot of like the early to mid 90s in the late 80s a bit too uh there is this kind of like well, at that time you call pc politically mm -hmm. correct 
and now we have woke and it's like it, it, it's, if you just have like this certain group of like moralizing well-meaning like left oriented people those people will always become too annoying mm-hmm. and they will always <laughs> make people over course correct against them yeah and you just kind of you just wish you could say like you know think about your rhetoric is there a way that you can get across these ideas without being like a like a preachy dork yeah (laughs) Uh, because if you do that it's actually going to make things worse (laughs) but people don't think about that because like people are always guided by like that like whatever's going to give them the dopamine hit well it's also Mm -hmm. people like learning about things for the first time and then immediately turning around and being like yeah. experts on them yes well this goes back to the conversation i mean we're f- we're kind of ranging far from like music and we're, blo- we're blogging we're in general here. uh you know but but this is part of the what drives the overall cultural tone is is that feeling of everything is always the end of the world and i know the rejoinder here which i appreciate and i'm sympathetic to is that yes for the people the marginalized disaffected people that are championed by like pc or woke movements like yes there is real violence and real threats and real danger at every time but it's also like the the high-pitched key of apocalypse is that feeling that it is constantly the end of the world is not it's not helping but also kind of the same what you're saying like yeah like we would definitely agree with Yes. The ideas that would go behind like woke stuff. That's yeah. general, our policy. But yeah. it's just like, no, it's an issue of rhetoric. Yeah. It's like people don't think through like a couple steps beyond like what will make them feel good and yeah. like uh, sanctified in the moment. Uh, because like, yeah, they, they, they are in this culture war. Yes. That if you do, so if you push down this road, you're going to get a Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Well, that's the that's thing. That's just it, like, it, it's, it's kind of like a. That's the thing about That's the culture the war. It's, it's the war games thing. The only way to win is not to play. And kind of in my mind. I don't know how serious I am about that. But that's like when my parents asked me about mm-hmm. has cancel culture gone too far? My usual response is if you're talking about cancel culture, you're getting played. Like some, somebody somebody is working you if, yeah. if you are thinking about it. You, especially my parents yeah. as 70 year old suburban retired people, people, if they are thinking about cancel culture, they are getting worked. Yes. Right. I, I think there's also, you kind of see an increasing cycle of how quickly the right wing picks up on yeah. things. I think, and, and then just the, the, the people that would be, uh, I guess, on the left side of things, we talk talking about like grooming. So yeah. now the, mm. the right wing has really picked up on grooming. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's so. It, it, yeah, I think. Yeah, you really. Yeah, the way you win is not play. Yes. Uh, or at least figure out a way to like. It's also because so like, you want to use language, and this is not just about politics, about anything. I think it's about like it's, people were annoyed with the idea of like indie sleaze, even though they knew exactly what it was referring to. Yes. It's like, oh, but like phrases, language has to kind of connect with people and, meet and make like a logical sense, uh, an intuitive sense. And sometimes a catchy thing just, just kind of captures people's imagination and they understand what it is. And I think that's the thing. I was like, but you just have to be careful because sometimes these things really backfire. I There's like maybe a, a Hegelian way to think about like culture in this way is that like you get like a thesis and then you get an antithesis, right? And mm-hmm. then those things resolve themselves into a new thesis basically yeah but it it does seem like over the past 20 years you you get into these like kind of mini cycles where somebody comes up and has like the 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 kind of like crystal perfect 
are that like responds to a cultural moment and sets a new tone and is like this is the way that art reflects culture and then you get yeah. people copying that and following that until it gets like ingrown Iteration. in self referential in a way that's just totally impenetrable and boring and it crucially lame lame and pedantic not, ed- not edgy and stupid not and you need a new energy to go like orthogonal to that at, at like a right angle to be like you know what the way that i'm resolving this this not this ingrown not is just to do something totally unrelated to go let to go left when everybody else is going right, right. You know? and, like, and, and when we think about like yeah, really yeah. cool things that have happened through the years and culture it's always those moments where someone does the opposite thing. yes yeah i mean what, what is one of the most mythologized cultural moments of like the past like certainly in my lifetime is like when nirvana shows up yeah yeah and nirvana is completely like the, you know they're 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 kind of like the overground of this thing that had been bubbling up but like they really were just like it's not what anyone was expecting a hit. It, it, these things happen Palace over and over cleanser, again. Yeah. That's just like a really classic example. But like you need people to zig. This has been lovely. Love just having a wide ranging conversation based around the stuff you've covered. But, you know, is, is there anything else that you would like to talk about specifically about the blog? Any beans you know, while like we have you here. Spill? Any, yeah, yeah sp- spill some beans. Uh Oh, you spilled your beans, you did. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess like one of the things that I think about with it is just like, is, is kind of a writing practice too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Of this, of and I definitely learned how to write by doing it. And you put in your like ten thousand hours. Oh yeah, and then and some. like the, the the first few years, I don't think the writing is very good. But even what's more relevant, like as the curatorial part is more important than. But I mean, the I tr- try to. I, I think the the advice I usually give about this is that. I don't remember what at what point I consciously thought about this, but the idea of like, oh, you don't necessarily need to be always writing the best thing ever all the time. Yeah, like you just want to get a thing done, get the copy yeah. out, so you can move on with your day. But the goal is to make the worst thing you do better all the time. Mm. Keep raising the floor. Exactly. Raise the floor. Right. So like, the worst you can ever do is pretty good. <laughs> That's great advice. Yeah. I just did the quick I, I just feel like that's that's more realistic advice about anything that you have to do all the time. Yeah. And, and you know what? Getting in that pocket of this will at least be pretty good, I think, is such a more comfortable place to put yourself when you're trying to do something than this must be must be perfect. This must be perfect. Yeah, because like anything you do that's really good is usually kind of like you know, you're just, mm-hmm. you're just in the zone. Like your head was in the right place. You know, these things have to line up and you can't really count on it. A lot of things that you do really well, whether it's like writing or art, or music, whatever, it's usually like, I don't know, it's just, you're just vibing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, you can just kind of like chip away at something. I guess like a, maybe a novelist or a screenwriter, mm-hmm. like who's, it might be different. I haven't done those things, but uh, the idea of perfectionism is very alien to me. I just want to get things done and do another thing after it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did the, some quick math and 20 years daily blog. We're looking at at least over 7,000 posts. I think it's probably closer to 5,000 because okay. at a certain point it becomes generally four a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. But still, that's a lot of posts. It's a lot of posts. Um, you know, sometimes people DM me or ask me, you know, they say they like listening to the show, but they they feel alienated or like it's impossible to keep up with like modern music and they don't like, or they like the episodes where we like cover new things because they don't really have a way in with stuff. Mm-hmm. To them, I would say, 
bookmark Flixblog. That's yeah. a great way to or, just or, like, or, or, or just like find like my playlist on Spotify and Apple. That's the other because, thing I do. Yeah. Because those, those all have like, I always have like the, the currently like the Flux caviar. Yeah. The one that's just like covering the year as it goes. And then I have all the years. I literally have like these huge surveys of all the years going back to 65 now. And then all these genre things. And like, I, I it really is meant to be like helpful for people. It, so. I, I, I wish there was a better, I mean, talk about monetizing things. I wish there was a better way to monetize these things because the service that you provide on Spotify is, is truly a remarkable public service. Uh, yeah. Again, find Matthew Perpetua's account on Spotify and there is an, a, a playlist for literally every occasion on there. And they're all really, really good. I yeah. go to Matthew's playlist I, I, constantly yeah. for, to just like set the vibe for a party. A party. Uh, yeah. The swimming pool uh, one that event. I've used if, over and over. A, a, you, need to, you need to DJ rooftop cocktails, <laughs> uh, like cocktails for a corporate event on a downtown rooftop bar. Go to Matthew's playlist and you can find a great playlist or like for that. I've, I've got, I've got two that really fit yeah. that. Yeah. You need to DJ a road trip where not everyone knows each other that well and you don't want to impute your own music taste on people, but you want something that's like kind of neutral, that's like yes. crowd pleasing. Go, go to yeah. there will be something in there. I cannot. The cannot, one I did was the live, uh, the just like just the live, live. Oh, yeah, yeah, live yeah, recordings. The, 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 really I great. made that like really deep in the pandemic. It was yeah. Just, yeah, the whole it was just like okay, what, let's just find like live versions of all the most popular songs. Um, live. Yeah, I've bumped yeah. that on Chavo like, tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instant dive bar is another great all purpose all purpose one. If you're like yeah. just need some sleazy beer drinking music. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got a couple that are in the works now that are really fun. Like I'm working on a power pop one. Uh, oh god, you, the one that I, I'm just starting on today is like the kind of mid aughts like art noise stuff, like mm. Wolf Eyes. Oh yeah, uh, oh, like uh, light, lightning, lightning bolts. bolts. Yeah, oh, like okay. that whole energy. I'm 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 kind of doing a oh, little. I went to a lot of those I, kinds of shows. I went yeah. to a lightning bolt show back in my day. Yeah, but look like, like like early Anima Collective, like all, all like battles. Like bands that came it, out it's, of it's that LA place yeah. that was the called smell. The Smell. smell yes. yeah. yeah, No Age. Yeah. yeah. Oh, No Age. I like to kind of like figure out like these little bits of history and kind of document them and figure them out all right matthew we'll put all the links to the stuff yeah uh, to your stuff in the th- in the um description here again uh congratulations on 20 years 20 of years. Yeah. that's that's amazing feed to keep any projects going i hope maybe you can interview us when we hit 20 years of and introducing yeah yes. although we're literally we cannot even keep up with the consistency they i mean obviously we're not releasing four of these a week but it would be great if we could get one a month out and we're <laughs> yeah. barely hitting that now yeah. so we'll see maybe we'll get back into yeah. it yeah i we put these out when we feel like it yeah, yeah. Anything else, Molly? Do you need to plug anything? Um, I'll I'll plug uh, the videos that I've been making for the website, The Alternative, because that's the thing, you know, and just doing the thing because no one else is going to do it for you is something that I have now started doing for them, an independent, uh, independently funded music website. Yes. I will. I always have your plugs for you. You are blogging now. Oh yeah, I'm blo- oh I'm blogging. Um, you're just talking about like getting back on Tumblr. That yeah, thing? yeah. I've I've started uh, lightly blogging again because I'm sorry, I'm not going to do fucking Twitter threads uh, every. So, sometimes I tweet, and I'm like, oh no, your ideas is, like, are too big for threads. My ideas uh, are too big for for Twitter, man. Uh, look, look for me at uh, www.themollyzone.com. Great. <laughs> um, and we'll have all the links to Matthew's stuff. 
I will just quickly plug if you're if you made it this far in, uh, you've heard me me mention both Chapo Trap House and Wet Leg. You can see both of those things at the same music festival this August. Wow, Pickathon Music Festival on my actual birthday. Both both uh, Chapo and Wet Leg and a bunch of other. Bands including former guests of the show, or, uh, bands and podcasts, former guests of the show, Jessica McKenna's pod, yeah. wonderful musical improv podcast, Off Book. I help them get there. They're going to be there. A lot of great acts. It's in the woods. If you're in the greater Portland area, go to pickathon.com, pick up some <laughs> tickets. Um, you can go to the festival and get the big D and the big C. Yeah, D Chapa. and the big, big C. Chapa. Yes. 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 All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.